Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 43 of the LDS Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts as always and today we are continuing our study of February the 10th to February the 16th in our Come Follow Me manual, Second uh, Nephi, Chapters 6 to 10, Oh How Great the Plan of Our God. Uh, and we are going to conclude today uh, the section in the personal study which covers Second Nephi, chapter si Chapters 6 to 8 which is entitled, The Lord is Merciful to His People and Will Fulfill His Promises. Um, so we're going to start as we where, where we left off yesterday, basically, uh, in 2 Nephi chapter 7, verse 8, uh, which says, And the Lord is near, and he, will ju and he justifieth me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near me, and I will smite him with the strength of my mouth. Now, if you remember, uh, in this section, we're looking for these questions. Uh, and others, but these are the three which the manual suggests. What do I learn about the Saviour's redeeming love for me? What comfort does the Saviour offer to those who seek him? And what can I do to more faithfully wait for the Saviour and his promised blessings? Um, there is obviously a lot here uh, to take into account, a lot to, to, to uh, see in, this, in these chapters. For here in verse 8, uh, we see that the Lord has this message of hope. Um, Brant Gardner, in, in a book called uh, Minute, um, book, book of Mormon Minute, uh, says this, quote, This is a message of hope. The chapter began with an apparently abandoned Israel, one in trouble and lacking their protector. This servant provides encouragement by reminding Israel that they can return to Jehovah. Jehovah is yet near and will yet uphold Israel. When he states, who is mine adversary, it is a rhetorical question. If Israel can stand with their prophets and with Jehovah, they will not have a true adversary. For through Jehovah's power, the enemy shall be, will be smitten with only a word. Jacob does not need to elaborate the nature of the evils he sees in his current society, for his audience will know them well. Because they, like Israel of old, have begun to separate themselves from God's commandments, they too are in danger of losing their protector. If, however, they repent, Jehovah continues to promise that he will redeem them and that their enemies shall be destroyed. Close quote. We need, we need to remember the number of contexts here. Jacob is speaking to his people. He wants them to understand um, that you know, this applies to them just as much as Isaiah saying it in these chapters, which is why he doesn't break to say, you know, who these enemies are. The people know for, for far well that they need to do things to improve, to come closer to the Saviour. And it also applies to us who are reading this today, who this has been provided for. Uh, this is a very important and uplifting message if we stand with the Lord and with his prophets. In Second Nephi, uh, chapter 7 verses 10 to 11 it says who is among you that feareth the lord and obeyeth the voice of his servants that walketh in darkness and have no light behold all ye that kindle fire that compass yourselves about with sparks wait walk in the light of, of your fire and in the sparks which ye have kindled this shall ye have of mine hand ye shall lie down in sorrow and at first it's interesting because you know well you could look at that and say well we're, we're walking in light we have light so why are we going to lie down in sorrow but the, the important bit is where it says where we walk in darkness and have no light and that we walk in the light of our fire or your fire rather than in the Lord's. This is an important uh, difference that we need to follow the Lord's light rather than try and live by our our own. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter, 12, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 8, it says, Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes, which indicates at that time the uh, the 
the incorrect view that they had where they should walk in their own eyes. In Judges chapter 17, verse 6, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And we see just the the, the lack of the blessings that come when we, when we follow our, our own judgment and trust in our own arm to deliver us. Uh, Donald W. Parry, J. A. Parry, and Tina M. Peterson in their uh, Book of Mormon commentary book said this, quote, Two classes of people are contrasted in these two verses. One class consists of those who fear the Lord and obey his servant. They will not walk in spiritual darkness, but will have spiritual light. The other class consists of those who will be spiritually self-sufficient, relying on themselves instead of on God. They attempt to create their own lights, but their efforts produce no more than sparks. When compared to the bright light that comes from God, those in this group will eventually receive judgments from the Lord, resulting in sorrow. Close quote. Um, so again, a very important message here in, in Isaiah to learn to rely on the Lord. We continue into 2 Nephi chapter 8, uh, where Isaiah continues, um, and he says in verse 1 and 2, Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, look unto the rock from whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pits from which ye are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah, she that bare you, for I called him alone and blessed him. We have a reminder here of the, the source of the blessings, where this covenant, uh, this eternal covenant ever, uh, began. And it, of course, began with Abraham and with Sarah. D. Kelly Ogden and Andrew C. Skinner said, quote, Abraham is the rock and Sarah is the quarry. We must live up to the covenant called after Abraham. Ultimately, the covenant is centered on the rock of our salvation, which is Jesus Christ. Just as a rock will have the same physical properties and composition as the mountain from whence from which it is taken, so we have the potential to become like our father and his son, our only sure foundation, close quote. It's important here that we look deeper into this, this symbolism. Of course, Isaiah is talking about Abraham and Sarah. But as we know, in scripture, the uh, the true symbol or the true meaning behind a rock is the rock of our Redeemer, who is the Savior. And I like the imagery where it talks about this rock that we are hewn from. Uh, if we are hewn from it, we have the potential to become like that rock. Uh, and it's talking about our Savior and our Heavenly Father, who he is in the express image of, which is, is quite nice symbolism there. Um, which is, again, why Isaiah is great. It's just a little difficult to understand to begin with. Uh, in 2 Nephi chapter 8, verse 7, it says, Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart I have written my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their revilings. So here Isaiah shifts from remembering where we come from or what potential we have to why should we fear those that come against us. Uh, Richard G. Scott uh, said this in a general conference talk, quote, You can't please God without upsetting Satan, so you will get pressure from those he tempts to do wrong. It is natural to want to be accepted by peers, to be part of a group. Some even join gangs because of that desire to belong, but they lose their freedom and some lose their lives. You don't need to compromise your standards to be accepted by good friends. The more obedient you are, the more you stand for true principles, the more the Lord can help you overcome temptation. You can also help others because they will feel your strength. Let them know about your standards by consistently living them. Close quote. We, look, we read in a scripture such as Psalms, uh, chapter 118, verse 6, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Now, of course, in the moments, it is difficult to remember this. It is difficult to 
uh, understand the, the strength that the Lord can bring us and the protection that he can bring. Um, but if we continue into Isaiah's words and read verse 12, he says, I am he, yea, I am he that comforteth you. Behold, who art thou that thou shouldst be afraid of man who shall die and of the son of man who shall be made like unto grass? Um, of course, we need to know that the, the Saviour offers this comfort, um, which is one, one of the questions we had to uh, remember. And also, what can we do to more faithfully wait on the Saviour? We can try to uh, <coughs> remember that it is he through these blessings come, that others can do nothing to us as the Saviour can bless us ultimately. Um, L, Neil L. Anderson said this in a recent general conference in 2009. He said, quote, I'm amazed at the Saviour's encircling arms of mercy and love for the repentant, no matter how selfish the forsaken sin. I testify that the Saviour is able, uh, able and eager to forgive our sins, except for the sins of those few who choose perdition. After having known a fullness, there is no sin that cannot be forgiven. What a marvellous privilege for each of us to turn away from our sins and to come unto Christ. Divine forgiveness is one of the sweetest fruits of the gospel, removing guilt and pain from our hearts and replacing them with joy and peace of conscience. Jesus declares, will ye not now return unto me and repent of your sins and be converted that I may heal you? Close quote. Isaiah just continues on and there's much more wonderful sim symbolism and teachings within these um, analogies. But I do want to finish with 2 Nephi chapter 8, verses 22 to 23. Thus saith thy Lord, the Lord and thy God, pleadeth the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thine hand the cup of trembling, the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt drink no, no, no more, drink it again. But I will put it into the hand of them that afflict thee, who have said to thy soul, Bow down, that we may go over. And thou hast laid thy body as the ground and as the street to, to them that went over. Um, we know that um, this is talking about how the, the Redeemer, the uh, Jehovah, would physically, physically rescue and take away the suffering of the people of Israel. But also it applies to everyone spiritually, that we can all be have have that bitter cup taken from us and of course we know that that bitter cup was taken by the saviour so that we may not have to take it ourselves and then in verse 24 he continues to put on our beautiful garments and carol f mcconkey uh, in, a, in a recent general conference talked about this as well she said sisters come to the temple if we are to be a holy people prepared to receive the saviour at his coming we must arise and put on our beautiful garments in strength and honour we forsake the ways of the world and keep our covenants that we may be clothed with purity yea even with the robe of righteousness close quote and of course this applies to all members of the church uh, that as we go to the temple and as we to partake and uh, envelop ourselves in our beautiful garment in our beautiful garments and the robes of righteousness then we can see and feel the comfort of the savior in knowing that he is there and he will fulfill his promises uh, i'm going to end it there we gone a little bit over thank you very much for listening uh, i hope that you've enjoyed the study today if there's anything you've been studying i'd love to hear it at matt s roberts 90 on twitter or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com thank you very much for your time and until we meet again